Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, and they asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show, everybody. Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not, not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story and their story is your story and then it's our story and then it's a podcast so it's everybody's story and then you've shared it and gosh that's great huh and even if you don't think you're a nerd you probably are it's easily the most midwestern thing i've ever been a part of Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Your Stories podcast. Shelby here to bring you the second half of our show all about customers. Chris and I were blown away by the qualities of the stories across the board this week, and we think you're really going to like them too. Along with, hilariously, our second story about working at Coldstone Creamery, we've got stories about dealing with the hells of being on the other side of the phone with customer service, with learning how to be a better customer, and with the unique bond we can forge with those who we serve and work with. Remember to like Your Stories on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Your Stories Show. It's 2019 and we've got to get those analytics right. We'll be posting details about our next show, focusing on managers, very, very soon. We'd love to have you come out and maybe even tell a story. Keep an eye out for info. Thanks and enjoy the show. Obviously, that is uh, that's a little riff on the Crystal Pepsi campaign and the song that was in it, which won the MTV VMA Award in '92 or '93. Uh, we're gonna play that song without the video, without sound, while we play because it's really fascinating. It's kind of like if all of your faux woke friends' Facebook statuses won a VMA. Um, so you're welcome. We're not gonna sync up with it perfectly, but you're welcome to read the screen instead of uh, watching me and Dwight. But uh, this is a little song called Right Now.
trying in a very like 1992 way <laughs> um but usually when hair bands like tried to go serious it's laughable in like an embarrassing way and i don't know that this is embarrassingly laughable it's more like fascinatingly laughable so again props for trying um so this song is in a commercial for the university of phoenix for-profit education is not good this song is good all right
the crash is dying, cloning while they're multiplying. Fashion shoots with Becky and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. You're all fakes, run to your mansions. Come around, we'll kick your ass and don't let go. Crucial backing vocals of all time. <laughs> all right, Shelby, you can have your show back now. Now I can have my show back. Thank you. I think that I subconsciously just was not prepared to handle that Van Halen video, and I think that I was just like trying to not cope with the idea that someone somewhere is stepping onto their first nude beach. Why the fuck was that in the video? Right, not important. All right, back. I mean, it's not inaccurate, but also just because it is true. Does it need to be said? Um, so anyway, as I was saying before, uh, back when I fucked up the introing, uh, we've got a first storyteller for the second half, um, is experience all over the city and, uh, something I appreciate, a, a whiskey and scotch appreciator as well. So always a good thing in my book, John Kapal. Now the irony is, is that. This is going to answer a question that was biting at Ian Belknap. He's not here to, answer, to, to know the answer. July 2016, I was visiting Stacy in Greensboro, North Carolina. I can't say that Stacy was a friend. It was a Facebook reconnect after dating briefly in the fall of 86 when I still lived in Washington, D.C. By dating, I mean fucking, lest you think friends with benefits is a recent phenomenon. In April of 2013, Stacy had lost her federal agency support staff job and had now run out of rent and grocery money and needed help. She wanted to escape the reinvigorated mid-Atlantic neo-confederacy and relocate to Chicago with better job prospects. I offered to relocate her to Chicago. She accepted. My reward was, not long after she moved in, while my mom was recovering from triple bypass surgery, she took a giant shit on the living room carpet in the three-bedroom condo I was renting in Aurora, smeared it into the plush off-white carpet, carpet, and blamed my dogs. <laughs> Turns out the reason she lost her job was extreme emotional and mental instability. Things got worse when she couldn't find a regular job in Chicago, no job meant no health insurance, and she couldn't get back onto the prescribed mood uh, management medications. She couldn't pay any of her rent, which is why I rented the larger place to begin with. I got to interact with a local constabulary on several occasions. <laughs> then I came home one day to find out that she had disappeared with all her stuff. And I still had not learned two important life lessons. This is just 2013. One, being the hero doesn't mean that people will reward me with the emotional connection I desire. Two, Driving 12 hours and 735 miles to get laid is a bad idea. <laughs> Which fits nicely into the enormous catalog of stupid things I have done in my life to get my dick wet. <laughs> I figured out some of these lessons later. Back to Greensboro. Even after visiting the world-renowned Woolworth Counter and the Civil Rights Museum, I was the asshole customer that told a woman to smile. And not just any woman, 
but a black woman working the cash register at a fancy ice cream place. To a person that had to deal with entitled white people all day, every day. Not only am I a misogynist, but I'm a racist misogynist. And this friend of mine, this emotionally unstable woman, called me out in no uncertain terms. She didn't ask me to consider anything. She just said straight out, telling a woman to smile is, a sec- is sexist. You're a chauvinistic pig. And I did what all white men do. I denied it. I protested against it. She told me what an entitled asshole I am. Then I read about all the shittiness, read about the shittiness of telling a woman to smile and realized she was right. I felt embarrassed for getting caught. I felt ashamed for being that indecent, that ignorant, that entitled. But I never admitted it to her. And of course, I never apologized to the black woman at the ice cream place. It's funny what happens to me while writing a story for a show. I'm proud of the fact that I always write something new. I'd rather have something new and less refined than something regurgitated and stale. I know that something I wrote even two months ago probably isn't true anymore since I keep digging deeper and deeper into my shit. When I write, I have a plan, but I also have to acknowledge that my process of writing, I find the story that needs to be told rather than the easy story I want to tell. I was going to write this piece about a terrible client of mine. I figured that I'd recount something on the business-to-business side rather than the business-to-consumer side because that way I'd be different, but not so. The original story was going to airdrop into December 2007. I was in the third year of managing what is now a 14-year program for a Fortune 500 client. I'd boast about being accountable for the profit and loss of this client, for this client from you know, the agency I'm at, how this client is the cornerstone of the agency. In this story, I'm the hero. That third season, my opposite on the client side would have regular, enormous meltdowns. I hosted these very large client-vendor status conference calls every week. These were with vendors where I was the client. These are vendors that I had vetted and selected. These are people that I had a long-term relationship with. And she would scream at me on these calls for what I had or had not done. Why isn't this done? I never got that. I never approved that. You never sent it. You're fucking up the account. And she was always wrong on the facts. Sometimes the owner of the firm had joined these calls. Afterwards, I'd rush into his office and show him the email receipts. She'd call back one-on-one and apologize. But I felt deeply embarrassed and deeply ashamed. My powerlessness and fear of inadequacy ruled the day. Turns out she was pre-diabetic and not managing her sugar highs and lows. She was resisting taking her psychiatrist's prescribed medications. So whenever she came into the office, I made sure that I had peanut butter and apples and bananas for her, and I'd include breaks in the schedule so she could gather herself. See? Hero. I've never told a woman to smile since that summer evening in 2013. I don't think I was in the habit of doing it, but it still happened. No excuses. I was a prick. This sin is on my mind every day. When I enter a retail store now, I smile and say hello. I ask how they're doing before I launch into what I want or plop my crap on the counter. I look at them when I'm ordering not over their heads at the menu board. I go at their pace. I follow their lead. 
I remind myself that I'm not the most important thing in the big scheme of things. I ask questions when I don't understand. Being deaf in one ear means I tend to lean in to hear them. I overtip my servers. I don't infer a friendly smile as flirting. I don't huff and puff when the interaction isn't perfect. I assume I'm the problem, not them. I know that retailers have to deal with shitty customers, the enervating long hours and the debasing low wages, standing for ridiculous hours, restocking merchandise, bad credit card readers, dealing with a clueless I-can't-decide customer, dealing with a helpless I-can't-find customer, cleaning up after people that trash bathrooms. If I can become unmemorable to them, i.e. not become another this asshole story, then I've probably done the right thing. But I am not a hero for being decent. Thank you. Damn, I love it. Yeah, I think being unmemorable is probably the single best advice you can give someone that is, like, becoming a consumer. I think it's the greatest blessing you can give to people working in the service industry. Thank you, John, so much for that. Um, Our next storyteller is an old friend of the show, is an old friend of mine, and relevant to the theme over this month and the next couple is a coworker of mine. So very curious to hear what he has to say. Bill Nielsen. Yeah. This is a work of fiction. Any resemblances to actual life events are imagined. You fool. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new fish. Oh, come on in, come on in. Welcome, welcome. You're now in customer service purgatory. Oh, oh, I know what they told you on the line. We're going to get you right over to the person you need. Well, you're wrong, buddy. You thought you had the right answers. They don't know what to do with you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry they didn't tell you. They do want to help you, I promise. But they don't know what your problem is. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about how customer service works and the kinds of people that are working behind the scenes. Before I get going, though, I've been in here a little while. What, what sitcom are people... Rewatching now on the outside. <laughs> two broke girls? No, no, I, I don't want your essential two broke girls rewatch list. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you see, the thing is, there are lots of people working in the customer service team, and you assume there's a rainbow up into the sky. There's the customer care. There's the manager. There's the manager's manager, all the way up to the CEO. Well, there isn't. There's customer service. It's an island. That's all you've got. You got customer service and you got your manager and those are your best friends in the world. They're the ones who are going to be in the foxhole with you and helping you out. Everyone else don't know about you, don't give a crap about you, don't know you exist. We're in this together. And they didn't mean to abandon you out here. They just didn't know what was going on when you called in with your question. The question wasn't outlined in the knowledge base they were given. (laughs) So I bet you're thinking now, well, okay, Mr. Smarty Pants over there in the seat, sounding like you had 30 cigarettes already today. I got you covered. I'm going to go on to Facebook. I'm going to talk to Heartbeats Incorporated directly. 
I'm going to send them a direct message. This is wrong. Minus $500. You don't get to participate in Final Jeopardy. <laughs> See, here's the thing. When you get that DM and you send that, do you know who's answering that? It's someone in customer care. And do you know what they're going to do to you? They're going to route you back to customer care. Because that's all they know how to do. Okay, you think you're going to tweet? You think you're going to send the birdie? Well, the birdie's going to come back to you with the bad news. Tweet, tweet, go back to customer care. They're the ones who are going to help you. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking now. I think you know, I think you know what you think you can do, but you don't. You're going to go to the app store because you had a problem with your Heartbeats Incorporated app and this is going to fix it. You're going to leave a one-star review and tell people what happened. Eh, Wrong. Minus a thousand points. You're in double jeopardy now. The thing is, when you get that app review and you listen to it and you read it and you write it, you know who's listening? You know who's reading? Customer care. They're going to bring the customer care question back to customer care. You know what they're going to respond to you in the comments with? We're so sorry. Here's this email address. Now, the email address might look different. It might give a different domain, but it's getting routed to customer care. (laughs) And now I know you're seeing. You're seeing a beam of light streaming down like there's a crack in the ceiling, a customer care purgatory rider. Before I get into that, though, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I do have another question about the outside. Are we done ironically hating Dave Matthews' band? I liked Dave Matthews' band, but now I feel ashamed about it. No? All right, well, we'll get back to you on that. Okay, so anyway, you see that beam of light streaming down. Oh, you get a survey from Heartbeats Incorporated. We'd like to hear your feedback. Well, la-dee-freaking-da, aren't you special? You are special. I'm sorry. This isn't your fault. This is an institutional problem. Heartbeats Incorporated wants to hear from you, so you tell them about your problem. You give them the rating. You give them the comment. You send it over. And you know, that survey goes over to the data reporting team. And the data reporting team forwards it to customer care. And that customer care sends it over to their person, and they tell you, hey, we're sorry about this. Why don't you contact customer care? Now, I bet you're wondering at this point, well... How do you know all this stuff about the routing and where things go? Well, okay, smartass, I guess it was pretty obvious it was me, and I did all that stuff. Yeah, it was me. I do all those things. There's just one guy who's managing all four different parts of the chain. There's one guy managing the social. There's one guy responding to the surveys. There's one guy reading the app reviews. There's one guy who's writing the knowledge base. It's all one guy. And he's sorry he can't give you the answer he needs. But the thing is, the people there, they do want to help you. And they understand you're having a rough day. Because you see, normally, when you're doing a business transaction, I think there is actually a built-in expectation of some failure. And when that failure happens, you get the refund. So when you get the refund, you feel like you got a little victory out of that. Well, at least I got my money back. But you see, Heartbeats Incorporated is a benefits program. It's a freebie. It's supposed to be a free and easy thing so you get free gift cards to your favorite retailer and lower blood pressure. So when the thing doesn't work, you feel like you got cheated. And then when you're cheated, you're mad. And when you're mad, you talk to the customer service people and you're mad. And I understand that. I've been in your position too. The thing is, with all of this stuff, we're all sometimes... We're being the customer, and sometimes we're being accustomed to. It depends on who's going to be the prisoner. Is it going to be the person who's the customer, 
or the person on the line listening to the problem. And everything that you need to know is right here. Everyone on both ends is a human. Even if you get locked up in customer care purgatory, you're still a human, and there's still someone on the other end that's trying to work for you and trying to figure things out for you. And if you, if you listen and you know that someone on the other end is fighting for you, it'll be a little easier. I know. I promise. Now, if you'll excuse me, I do have to get going. It's about time for my weekly allowance of internet time. There's an Avatar The Last Airbender fan fiction I really need to read and see if there's been an update. So far, four years, nothing, but I'm hoping this is the end. Thank you very much. I can neither confirm nor deny any details in that story. That was awesome, Bill. Thank you so much. All right, our next storyteller uh, is bringing us up round two of stories from one of the fucking weirdest customer service experiences possible, uh, Cold, Soul, Cold Stone Creamery. Um, so for that, we would like to welcome up Jared Mason. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me here tonight. Um, so as a little kid, I had a very healthy diet uh, media diet of uh, Disney princess movies, uh, namely Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Jasmine's a Princess, and um, the Beauty and the Beast. So um, being a little kid and then also being uh, marked as gifted, which just meant I liked to learn and I grew my vocabulary when I could, uh, I was calling myself, before anyone else in my class knew what it meant, a hopeless romantic. And I was. I was a hopeless romantic. And um, so my second job that I actually got a paycheck for, um, not just like, you know, babysitting or whatever else, was uh, as a sophomore. So as a sophomore in high school, I got my driver's license. And so my folks said, all right, go get a job so you can pay for gas and whatever else. Cool. Awesome. Nice. Um, so I looked through the paper, and there was a new ice cream store opening up in my hometown of Naperville. And oh my gosh, the job posting was so cool because for a theater kid, it was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect because the job posting said, come audition for Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of neat. I wonder why you auditioned for Cold Stone Creamery. It's because, as Ray alluded to, you actually sing when you get a tip. Now, being an indoor theater kid and a helpless romantic, this was awesome. I know a lot of people complain about working at Cold Stone. There's a lot of, like, especially in Naperville, there's a lot of super rich parents who are like, I want this and I want that. And the little kids are like, oh, my gosh, I want this. And the parents are like, no, you can't have that. And then they get upset and it's sad. But when you give the ice cream to the little kid, oh, my gosh, their eyes light up. It's like you make their whole day. So I worked at Cold Stone for a number of years. And uh, I, I actually, I was really good at working there because I liked to sing. I got really good at making the waffle cones. So my uniform always smelled like cinnamon and vanilla <laughs> instead of bleach water and, um, you know, gross old milk. <laughs> and one day, our shift leader, Julie, said, Jared, I just got a call. And this guy wants us to help him out, okay? He's going to come in on Friday. And for the purpose of the story, we'll call him Dave. Dave's going to come in, he's going to order his ice cream, and he's going to have his, his like, girlfriend there. And for the purpose of the story, we'll call her Christine. And then when he tips you, he's going to give us $20. 
and he wants you to ask Christine to homecoming for him. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Oh my God, yes. I get to sing a song. I get to give these two ice cream. This is like, this is going to be the story they're going to tell their grandkids someday. This is going to be so cool. And she even said, all right, they're going to give us 20 bucks. I'll even give you 10 bucks just for you and split the other 10 with the rest of the crew. So like, you know, you get your own $10 in the tips. It was great. So Friday comes around, super busy, line out the door. I think every Cold Stone in, you know, when it opens in the first year, line out the door like crazy. And here comes this teenage kid and this teenage gal, and they come up and they order their ice cream. And it's like, oh, hey, you know, you're mixing up. And you're like, oh, so what's your name? Are you from around here? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Dave. This is Christine. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's going to (laughs) happen. And the rest of the crew is like, oh, hey, where's Jared? Is he in the back? Is he making mix-ins? He's, where's he? Make sure he's out here. Oh, yeah, he's here, he's here, he's here. And so Dave pays for his ice cream, takes the 20, puts it in the jar, and I jump up on the counter, which, full disclosure, is against all the franchising rules <laughs> because you're not supposed to put your feet on any surfaces where they prepare any food. Makes sense. Don't worry. Bleach water. You wipe it down. And I sang some rendition of Tom Jones, again, gifted theater kid, okay? <laughs> and then at the end, I say, Christine, Dave wants to know, will you go to homecoming with him? And she's like, yes! And I'm like, yeah! And the whole crowd goes wild. Ooh, everyone in the, in the whole restaurant's awesome. They're so, so excited. Dave, I'm giving Dave a high five. They finish up. They go eat their ice cream. They're sitting in the corner eating ice cream, talking. And I go back to making my waffle cones. And I look over, and I'm like, yeah. And then I'm watching them. And Christine's got this look on her face of just embarrassment. And, and like she's trapped in this date that will never end. And so now that I've worked with teens for a number of years, uh, I used to teach, and now I'm at a a community center, I always give them two pieces of advice surrounding dances. One, ladies, take a pair of flats. Ballet shoes, Chuck Taylors, Keds, whatever, you're not going to want to wear your shoes all night long, and you don't want your dumb, clumsy date to step on your toes, okay? And two, if you're asking someone to a dance, just be authentic, just be you, and maybe don't make it super huge in public. So I won't say that Dave and Christine, you know, was the thing that turned me to a cynic, because I'm not a cynic, but... They definitely helped me become more of a realistic romantic. Thank you. Love it. I do think that, like, always bring flats and no giant public romantic gestures without consent is still a good past teenagerhood. Like, you guys bring flats don't pay someone at Coldstone to sing at someone for you unless you know they're going to like it um, awesome thank you so much uh, we are coming to the end of our night here and to wrap things up our last storyteller is uh, I, t- I told her there were too many credits for me to list so I'm just going to call her our storyteller extraordinaire because it really wraps up the whole thing and that is Lily B Guys, I gotta come over here, hold on to a wall. It's all fucked up. Uh, oh, that's nice. Uh, she's like, "What do you want me to promote?" I'm like, "Gosh, you ain't got that much time." Uh, 
LinnaB.com. Just visit that. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I don't write nothing down. I don't write anything down. I teach this, and that's how I teach, too. I teach people how to tell stories without writing. Uh, and I also, I, so I'm like a, so when I tell stories, I'm like, I was just telling my new friend Jasmine over here that I'm like a, uh, I'm like a mix between like a Tony Robbins and a crazy person on the L station. <laughs> come together that's what you get and so so this piece is no different uh i when when i heard customers and the reason i'm here is because i was in i was recording a podcast here and i was like well i'll do the show too uh i don't have to leave i don't have to leave and i've been sitting on this piece for like a week now and uh and i had two stories and i've been like damn how am i gonna which one am i gonna tell and i've decided this is just what i'm gonna share I'm 10, 11 years old, and I'm standing in line at the corner of uh, at the corner store in my neighborhood Humble Park, and I am waiting with I don't know it's a honey bun probably and the, and and a, a, a bag of gold like almost like golden Oreos but they were they weren't there was a cheap kind so whatever I'm standing there. <laughs> And uh, and probably a fresca, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'm standing there waiting to be waited on by Ruben, the corner store owner who I've known since I was born, probably. And uh, and I'm standing there, and there's a guy behind me, a clown, I guess is his king name, and uh, he got a crown tattooed on his forehead. Uh, right about right above his eye, and he's standing behind me, and I know like uh, bozo is what they call him, but clown is what we called him, and um, and he's a big like ranking king, and I remember standing there, just like in my little like eleven twelve year old shorts and a tank top, and I remember just you know, and Ruben is waiting on people, and then Ruben uh, comes, uh, it, it gets to me, and. Uh, and as I'm standing there, I feel it. It's what feels like, I can only describe as like something touching me at the crease of my booty where my booty meets my inner thigh, right? Like in this like almost vagina area, like right in this. And I react, I react, I say something. I'm like, ah, ugh. Uh, like in this like because uh, I, I know who's behind me and I was like uh, not scared to react if y'all know Lily B I ain't scared of a lot <laughs> and I put my stuff on the counter and Ruben catches this and he's like you cool? and I'm like yeah, huh? And then, you know, he gives me my stuff. But I remember leaving and just being like, ugh, like, ugh. And I don't say nothing to nobody. But what I do remember that day is not paying for my shit. <laughs> I know I didn't pay. I also remember Ruben telling me to go home. I also remember hearing the door lock behind me after I left. 
So fast forward, right? I'm uh, 25. And I'm standing at uh, Over 21. I don't know if y'all remember that place. Over 21. It's a, it's a adult bookstore. It's a porn shop, but it's a big country they call it. Right? An adult bookstore on uh, Wells, just north of Division in Old Town. And I was hired for the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. Oh, God. Right? Um, <laughs> and I and they hire me to, and they hire me, and when they hire me, they were a little kind of hesitant at first, but then they meet me, and they're like, oh, no, she got it. Uh, because I did, because I was like, what's the worst? You've been robbed, I've been robbed, it's okay. Like, I just kind of assured them, I kind of assured them that I wasn't afraid. Of, I'll give them what they got. I'm not going to fight nobody for no plastic dick. I'm not. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And so they were just like, uh, hire her, uh, because every 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. person had been a man before me. So, so I'd be the first woman working the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift at over 21 in Old Town on Wells, just north of Division, next to the Bijou Theater. And so my first day, I'm wearing a... A Millhouse, I love nerds, I heart nerds shirt. Because <laughs> I had a very extensive Simpsons t-shirt collection. Uh, and, I, and I'm standing there, and it was the craziest thing. Like So from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., and it was one of those places that had the, the little booths in the back. Um, so you, so they, so they came in, gave you a dollar, you gave them four little tokens, and then they could take the tokens and go in the back. They, they would, well, they would pick out their movie first, because it's a VHS run at the time place. And so they would pick out their movie, give it to you, you would put it in the, uh, like, every fucking place. Uh, VCR one, two, three, right? It had like 12 of them. And, uh, and then they would go on with their little tokens and play their movie and do what they do in the back <laughs> and uh every fucking person for that first couple days every dude that walked in walked in like they had like oh what see me and then look around like they had just stepped into the wrong place <laughs> and walk right the fuck back up <laughs> time like they were not expecting like and they weren't they weren't expecting they were expecting dude that was there right before me so they would walk in walk out guys in business suits uh bums you name it everybody would see lily b in her like simpsons t-shirt and this hair and i'd be like hey uh and then after about a week i finally had to be like i ain't going nowhere like it's not an illusion i'm gonna be here i'm not filling in for him it's permanent this this me and finally, they were just like, I ain't fucking. Let me go get my Brazilian big booty. Here we go. <laughs> Put it in. Give me my quarters. And I, and, they, and I did that. And there was this, like, communication that happened without happening, right? There was this conversation that happened between us without happening. Because I didn't tell them, like, I'm not going anywhere. It was just this, like, <laughs> still me. And they were just like, okay. And then, there. They go, do their thing. I don't have to clean those fucking boots. Go, do your thing. Get, get it in. Because um, whatever's happening outside of this place 
you need this place. You need this little fucking room back here. And I ain't one to judge. So I made them comfortable. Like I made them comfortable and then we got to joking and we got to being friends. And and it was a, I became their friend, right? Like I could recommend videos. <laughs> and I don't have to watch the videos. I just look at the cover and make jokes about it. Like, come on, for real, y'all? Like that's, that's not what this is about, right? Or like they'd leave and we could talk openly about this thing that they were into and then... I made a lot of friends at, at over 21 in my time there, my very short time. I could, and it wasn't even the, the, the environment. It was those fucking hours, 11 to 7, well, fuck your day up. It was just the worst <laughs> shit. You can't do shit, 11 to 7 shit. Like, sleep until 2, I just couldn't do it. I, could, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. So, back to the door lock. The door locks, I'm home. The next two days are kind of weird in my head. They're like, what the fuck was that? Because I've seen this clown before. I've seen Bozo all my fucking life. And Ruben gave me free shit, though. Like, it was this kind of like, what the fuck happened? And then my mom finally confronts me. What the fuck happened at Ruben's store? What do you mean, what happened? Ruben told me that something happened. Like... What and she sits me down and he, he get the paso and like she's telling me in Spanish, he get the paso, he get he get my mom's side, and uh and he get that thing and then it becomes a talk about like my body. And what the fuck I should be what what I shouldn't allow, what I should allow, and that I could tell her anything. I should be able to tell her anything. If anyone ever makes me uncomfortable, if anything is ever not right to tell her. To share it, to literally, no, no te dejes, no te dejes, and do, you don't let anybody. And I was like, okay, mom, okay, I, I did, I reacted. She goes, well, because Ruben had to beat his ass, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it made sense, because the store was not open the next day till like noon, <laughs> which means they tussled, probably. And I didn't see Bozo for a minute in that store, in that neighborhood even. So Ruben probably fucked him up a little bit. And I was like, damn, Ruben, that's, that's love. Like, I didn't have to see it. There was no conversation that had to be had. We were loyal customers to him, just like my guys were loyal customers to Over 21. And there was no conversation that had to be had for us to make the customer comfortable, right? And in Bozo's case, the customer ain't always fucking right. (laughs) Thank you. Damn, that's a way to go out. Thank you so much, Lily. Uh, Thank you, everyone, to our storytellers tonight. Um, Chris and I are so appreciative as we are like uh, attempting to tread water and learn how to produce a show which is you know super easy and simple and not stressful uh that we have fantastic storytellers fantastic audience that comes out to us um we're we're very very thankful so can we get another round of applause for all of our storytellers thank you guys um we have a little bit of a wrap up from the best band in podcasting but before we do that quick quick 
tiny plug. Um, Christopher and I discovered recently that in order to get good analytics on your Facebook group, you have to have more than 100 people liking your page. We don't. <laughs> so next time you're on Facebook, please look up your stories. You can find our podcast there. We'll be posting new shows. We'll post our podcast, pictures, anecdotes, bad jokes, anything that we can think of, we're going to be posting there. So if you're ever curious, if you had a good time tonight and you want to come see us again, that's the best place to find that information. Again, it's your stories on Facebook. We all hail Zuckerberg here, as is necessary, because I don't know where else I'm going to put it, like Zanga? I don't know. So anyway, uh, thank you guys again, and we're going to bring up to go out on some joyful tunes, cover stories. Good. I don't uh, know how joyful this song is. Yeah, who said joyful? That's a lie. You've all been set up for disappointment. Yeah. Um, what, what commercial is this song from? Gears of Gears War. Of war. Uh. So, <laughs> let, me, let me say this, though. Joyful. Joyful Gears of War. Let me say this. So, speaking of the Zuck, Facebook reminded me that. So, Every once in a while, I mean, we're pretty excellent, right? You've seen us just fucking nail four songs up here tonight. Every once in a while, we make mistakes. Um, Facebook reminded me that six years ago to the day, at our March 2013 show, uh, we attempted this song and failed, and it never was released. And so, you know, sometimes when men fuck up, you gotta have a woman come in and do it right. Hey! It's the cover of a, what, Tears for Fears? Yes. Tears for Fears song. Um, made famous by the weird movie with the guy in the bunny costume that creeped me the fuck out. Yep. And now it's in a Gears of War commercial. Yep. Very joyous way to end it again. <laughs> All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. Bright and early for their daily races Going nowhere, going nowhere Their tears are filling up their glasses No expression, no expression Hide my head, I want to drown my sorrow No tomorrow, no tomorrow
But take that positive energy out into the world and do some real good. This podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs. Thanks for listening.